Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Good afternoon and welcome to Engage for Success Radio Show number 415, creating a common framework and language across an organization. Today we're talking about how companies can employ the tech the techniques used at MIT to train their employees. I'm Joe Dodds, your host for today. I haven't been here for weeks, so I'm glad to be back. I work within the Engage Success core team. The Engage Success movement is an inclusive movement committed to the idea that there is a better way to work by releasing more of the capability and potential of people at work. We spread the word about employee engagement and shine a light on good practice inspiring people and workplaces to thrive. And we're widely supported across the UK, involving the public, private and third sectors. If you go to our website, engagesuccess.org, you can use the link at the bottom of the page to join our newsletter list and all our social... I'm not doing very well today. I need to come here more often, clearly. All our social media links are there too. So my guest today is Mark Hirschberg, who's author of the Career Toolkit. Welcome, Mark. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to share some tips with your audience. Lovely. So start by telling us a bit about who you are, and then we'll talk a bit about your book. I came out of MIT in the 90s and started my career as a software developer, quickly realizing I want to become a CTO, a chief technology officer. But I realized that to get that job involved a whole bunch of skills I was never taught. Leadership, communication, team building, interviewing. This was never discussed in college. So I had to develop those skills in myself and realized I wanted them not just for me, but in my entire team. Shortly Mm -hmm. after I began these training programs, MIT had gotten feedback from our corporate partners, people hire our students, saying they want to see these skills across the board in people they hire, but they can't find it either. Not just with MIT students, but in general. So we put together this program referred to as MIT's Career Success Accelerator, where we're teaching these skills to our undergraduate students. So in addition to my primary job as a chief technology officer, I've had a parallel career teaching these skills at MIT and elsewhere for the past 20 years. And now, of course, have authored the book, The Career Toolkit, Essential Skills for Success That No One Taught You. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you. So that's a great introduction to, to how you got to where you are now. So the... Um, the book, the, the idea of, you know, all this stuff that we don't teach people, you know, we've been saying this for years <laughs> um, and we still don't teach it. Obviously, you are now. <laughs> but um, why do you think that is? There are historical reasons why it's not taught at the high school level and college level. At the high school level, it's because high schools are relatively modern invention. And it was designed to take people who are coming off of the farms and give them those three R's, the reading, writing, and arithmetic, so they could function in factories. It wasn't about higher level skills and capability. It was just, can you show up to a factory and not walk into something that's going to chop your arm off? Mm. When we look at the university system, now that goes back close to 900 years. And really, the university system has been formed around deep experts in particular fields. So let's consider someone who is studying marketing. Someone goes to university and says, I want to learn marketing. The professors in the marketing department, the people with the PhDs, the really advanced knowledge have said, if you want a marketing degree, we have decided here's the hoops you have to jump through. You have to take these classes, these intro classes, these intermediate, some advanced classes. If you take all these classes, and maybe a university is going to throw in a history class, a math class, some general stuff. 
But if you take all these classes, we will give you this degree known as a bachelor's in marketing. Now, what does that mean? All they've said is if you've taken these classes, you get the degree. They are not saying you're a good employee. They're not even saying you're a good marketer. All that degree says is you have acquired a certain level of knowledge in marketing. That's really all it's saying. Mm -hmm. And this was sufficient for most of the 20th century. In the 1960s, you came out of university, you went to some big company. They said, okay, you're a marketer. We know this because you have a degree. It means you know a thing or two about the four Ps or other marketing terms. We'll teach you the rest of it. But as we have evolved, as companies got rid of the hierarchical system, as they got rid of the HR and training, as we got to these more diverse work groups, I'm not talking about the standard DEI. I'm talking about the fact that as a marketer, you're working with someone from finance and sales and engineering. You Mm -hmm. need a different set of skills because it's not just pure knowledge for other people with pure knowledge. You need that leadership and teamwork and communication to make it effective. And so that's what we haven't adjusted to because academia being 900 years old moves Mm -hmm. very slowly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So let's talk a bit about what those skills are. So what are we not teaching people in our schools and universities? (laughs) The 10 skills that I lay out in my book, and again, these skills come from surveys we've done at MIT and similar surveys I've seen at other universities across the U.S. I suspect it's going to be very similar in Europe. Mm -hmm. The skills are section one, careers. So creating a career plan so you know where you as an individual worker want to go. Working effectively, Mm -hmm. skills like managing your manager, understanding corporate culture, corporate politics interviewing. And it's funny, we have lots of resources on how as a candidate you need to interview. How do you answer these tricky questions? We very rarely teach our employees how to interview other people to hire them effectively. So that's a really critical skill. The second section, leadership and management. So the fundamentals of leadership and then management. We look at the process side of management and the people side of management. They're equally important, but they are different. And then the third section, interpersonal dynamics, communication, negotiation, networking, and ethics. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And how much have these changed in the 20 years that you've you've been working on them? Because, you know, we've got a whole number of new generations. I don't don't know where we're we're taking the cut off there, but, you know, probably two generations at least um, um, coming into the workforce. And we've still got the sort of older generation there as well so we've got much broader organizations and you know a lot of the sort of press around this says you know these these new people in the organization are are very different to the to the older people is that true and has that affected the the skills that that, uh, that that are in the book the nature of the skills are fairly timeless however how they get implemented as well as how we teach them does vary So to your point, I've been teaching from perhaps the tail end of Gen X, depending on how you define it, through Mm -hmm. the the millennials. I saw them come, I saw them go, and now we're (laughs) looking at Gen Z. And we Mm -hmm. certainly see there are different approaches to how people are engaging with this content. Their views about teamwork and leadership and the importance of communication. So some in, in 
the beginning period, people said, oh, yeah, these are those soft skills. I don't know. I'm kind of skeptical. Now, of course, it's been ingrained in our culture. People say, oh, no, I understand this is important. And they, they even when they do a lot more teamwork-based projects coming up through school, so mm-hmm. team-based projects aren't quite as foreign once we get them uh, at the universities. So we, we've seen that difference. But really, the, the fundamentals of effective communications, of leading, of networking, of negotiating, these don't change from one generation to the next. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And so if that's the case and it doesn't really change, why are we still not very good at it? <laughs> it's because we haven't emphasized these skills, because we haven't mm-hmm. taught them for the reasons I've mentioned. So a lot of people, they, you learn in high school, the memorize different things. In college, you memorize and do a little thinking within your discipline. You understand the cycles of history. You understand how to engineer certain types of solutions. But we don't talk about engineering social solutions or the social Mm -hmm. patterns we see in a company. We're not training people to look for that or to think Mm -hmm. about it or to recognize the importance of it. And so people stumble in the dark professionally. Some people figure it out. Many don't. You know, how do we all know how to do math? We've been taught that. Well, if we teach these skills, everyone's going to be better at them. Mm-hmm. But then we're relying on people in organizations to teach these people as they come into the organization, and, and often that they haven't had that development either. Uh, you know, I, I guess the work of um, you know HR and internal comms and people like that probably wouldn't exist <laughs> if we were getting it right all the time. <laughs> How how do we improve it in organisations? How do we sort of get these get get the, the, this sort of skills development embedded into organisations and actually effectively you know working? And let's remember that we've also said to HR during this time, deal with an avalanche of candidates. I remember my father typing up resumes and mailing them out. And now, of course, I can apply to probably six jobs in 60 seconds by just clicking or cutting and pasting. Mm -hmm. So you have a lot Mm -hmm. more resumes to deal with. We've asked HR to deal with DEI initiatives. We've asked HR to not just give us our salary and and the U.S. health care and vacation, but also we need a corporate gym and we need child care and snack food and so many other things. We put such an increasing burden on HR that you're getting busy with other things, and now we're asking you to do this too. Okay, Mm -hmm. so how can you do this without significantly increasing that burden? We have to remember that the way these skills are learned are different than what we've done in the past. So I've used the example in the past of marketing, uh, something something marketing college, or maybe calculus. When we teach students that discipline, we say, memorize this. Here is the formula in calculus. Here's how to solve the equation. Here are the four P's of marketing. Here's how to think about running a social media campaign. It is knowledge transfer. Someone, the professor or someone on a podcast is just handing out knowledge and everyone memorizes it. Mm. But that doesn't work for leadership or networking or these other skills. I'd liken it more to a sport. So consider it more like football. You can't take someone and say, we're going to make you a great footballer so I'm going to tell you everything you need to know. Okay, done. Go out on the pitch. Now go, go play. Right? It doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. What do you do? You say, well, let me explain to you. Here are the rules, and here are things to think about. 
Now you have to go practice. So we want you to run drills, right? Some passing drills, some scoring drills. We also want you to play scrimmage games, practice with other people, try things out. And then if you're very serious about it, you're probably also watching the tape. You're watching yourself play. You're watching your opponents play. You're seeing what people are doing and using that reflectively to get better. That's how you create a great footballer. It's not just memorization. So the same applies to these skills like leadership. You can't just say, memorize these three things and you're a great leader. You need to have these other components. So how do we do that in our companies? The best way, the way we teach this at MIT and the way it's really taught at top business schools throughout the U.S. and I suspect in Europe is through peer learning groups. So I would recommend you can create groups. I'd recommend about six to eight people, although I also explain how you can do it in larger groups of 20, even 60 people. But if you create these groups of six to eight people and you say, okay, what we're going to do is put you in a group, a mixed group. We're going to have someone from engineering, someone from sales, someone from finance. And we're going to give you a topic. Now, you can take my book and chop it up and say, we're going to read these 10 pages this week and these 10 pages next week. You can use other books. You can use articles from the web. You can use podcast episodes. It doesn't matter where you get the content, but you take some content, have everyone invest 20 to 40 minutes digesting that content, and then they come together in the group and discuss it. Because if the topic today is leadership, I say, oh, well, you know, that was really interesting. Here's what I got out of it. You might have gotten something different that I missed. And in that discussion, we're going to share it. And then someone's going to say, you know, I have a leadership challenge right now. And here's what I'm struggling with. I'm trying to think how to apply it. And you're going to offer an insight from what you read. And I'm going to offer an insight from perhaps some experience I had a few years ago, something I tried that kind of worked. And here's what worked. Here's what didn't. And in that discussion, This is where we get, this is that scrimmage. This is where we get that practice. And it's a sharing of ideas because this is where the rubber meets the road. And so Mm -hmm. you want to just create these small groups and have a discussion. There's really no cost to it. Maybe you buy a book, maybe you buy some content online, but otherwise you're putting people together. And Mm -hmm. now here's the the great upside of all this. Not only are you upskilling your employees, at near zero cost, it's just the time, you are also fostering their internal networks because now I'm speaking with people from different departments, right? I'm building those relationships. I'm also feeling more engaged. The company is not just saying, well, here's your paycheck. They're saying, no, we care about you. We're upskilling you. And then you also create this common language. So consider the classic book, Good to Great. In that book, they talk about the hedgehog model. If everyone in the company has read that book, it's very easy to say, oh, you know what? As we think about this problem, let's take the hedgehog approach. And everyone says, oh, right, hedgehog approach. I know exactly what you mean because I read that too. So when Hmm. you have folks get the same content, they are going to create that common language. And Hmm. by the way, the way to create all this, I have on my website on the careertoolkitbook.com, Under the resources page, the very first download is a completely free download that breaks down how you can create this program step by step, goes through the different ways you can think about designing it to make it right for you. Mm -hmm. Lovely. Thank you. It's interesting you say about that sort of common language. It it also almost becomes a a sort of shortcut, doesn't it, to to, to, to sort of things happening. I, I think I've shared on the podcast before, I worked many years ago for Safeway and uh, we did some work around 
the one minute manager and there's a book one minute manager and the monkey or meets the monkey or something about time management and um and it became that if somebody was trying to give you a job um by sort of not you know saying oh I don't really know what to do and then you were sort of likely to say oh leave it with me you know the monkey would jump onto your back and you'd have to go off and uh take responsibility for it sort of thing and um, it became a real joke amongst all the managers where if somebody said something like that to you you'd, you'd pretend to feed the monkey that was between the two of you and say I'm not having the monkey <laughs> you can keep it sort of thing um, it becomes a real short um, you know shortcut to knowing what's going on and, and you know understanding all of you understanding what's happening without really needing to you know go, go into much detail it, it becomes a bit of a as I say a sort of um a short language for, for a lot of that stuff, isn't it? That's exactly right. So you're referring to the famous Harvard Business Review article, Who's Got the Monkey? And right. if you come to me and give me something, I can say, hey, listen, uh, I, I realize you're trying to give me this monkey. I've got three other monkeys. You know, Greg has me doing these three things. You go, okay, I get it. You've got three monkeys. Yeah. I didn't have to explain, well, look, I've got this project and that project. And here's like, I get yeah. it. So exactly mm-hmm. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting, interesting. And so thinking about sort of that that connection to employee engagement with with this stuff. So we we've got people um, with a, a common language, um, and they've got uh, a sort of joint understanding of lots of these concepts. What impacts then that having within the organisation around engaging the employees? Your employees, especially today, as we look at the Great Resignation, employees don't just want that paycheck. Certainly they're asking for flexibility, but what we're seeing is employees are saying, I want you to treat me better. I want you to care about me. Now, some mm-hmm. of that caring is we can give you a flexible schedule. We can let you work from home for a bit. We can do mental health days, which of course many companies did last spring when the pandemic was first upon us. Mm-hmm. But even something like this, you're showing we care about you. It's not just how much can we get out of you for the money we're paying you, but we're actually going to invest in improving you. That's how much we care about you. And I think that's going to help, uh, especially at this moment where people are looking for more than the paycheck, it's going to help signal to employees, this is a place where we care about you and invest in you and want that longer term relationship. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you're saying about, you know, getting people together to, to have conversations around sort of content and particular topics. It just sounds too simple almost you know organizations invest tons of money in massive programs and you know training courses and goodness knows what else this seems quite simple in comparison but also very effective it it does and it is again i can say this from having done it for many years at mit and also employing techniques like this in my companies but let's let's go back to that football analogy would you ever say to someone we're going to send you to a two-day football clinic come back, great, now you're a superstar, right? You did a two-day clinic, perfect. You don't, you don't need any more training. You got everything you needed. You're good. Now just go do mm-hmm. it, right? That's, that's crazy. We mm-hmm. said, no, no. Now, of course, you have to practice and keep going, and you can't just do one and done. But this is what we do with our leadership. This mm-hmm. is what we do with our other types of training. Now, part of it is because you have the, the people in the learning uh, experience industry who say, well, I'm going to sell you based on time. Videos are relatively new. So it used to be you had to send someone out or bring a trainer in, and they could only afford, it was only effective to do concentrated periods of time. Mm -hmm. That we did what we did because we could doesn't mean it was the best way to do it. 
No. So yes, this is this is very simple but effective. Mm-hmm. And really a lot of the best solutions out there are the simple ones. It's just about recognizing what we're trying to achieve and making sure you have a process that doesn't. So this achieves it by a keeping it top of mind because you're doing instead of an intensive two day class an hour every other week. So it stays top of mind mm-hmm. and it brings in a diverse perspective because no one book, no one expert can explain in every detail, everything that's relevant to you. And so this creates a little bit of customization around that content as you have that discussion. And the fact that active learning, it's not just you listening to someone telling you what to do, creates that active learning that helps people engage and retain the content better. So it's just taking Mm -hmm. a couple established principles and pulling them together in a very effective way. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a bit about the the role of of leaders and and managers within the organization and and their sort of influence on on this sort of um, training and development. So firstly, you know, leaders and managers, are are they different people? Are they different roles? I define in the book leadership as separate from management because mm-hmm. when I get down to it, I take a very wax on, wax off approach, if you know the <laughs> 1980s movies yeah. reference, that <laughs> let's really get to the fundamentals. But I end that section pointing out good leaders manage, good managers lead. There's often a very blurred line between it. But I, I uh-huh. focus on each just as in your football training, you practice passing, you practice scoring during the game, you're doing all continuously. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think it's, it's a activity that's often blurred. And we as managers and leaders, of course, need to encourage our teams to do this training by saying, hey, I recognize we're going to put, say, an hour on your calendar every other week to do this. I recognize that's time we're taking away from other tasks, be it other meetings, other types of work you can do. But when you make that commitment as a leader or manager, you're showing this is important and you're showing this is what you and the company cares about. So that will have the employee care about. Mm-hmm. And just going back to the sort of three areas, and it strikes me that um, when you talked about the, the sort of careers area and talking about sort of planning and working effectively and all that sort of stuff, sometimes those are the things that, that get dropped soonest when training and development isn't happening so you know almost leadership and management is something that sort of everyone seems to do but you know years ago we used to have you know time management training and personal effectiveness and all that sort of stuff it almost feels like there's less of that now even though we've got much more demand on our time with all the technology and you know pinging phones and online meetings and 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 everything else um is that what what you've seen or is it me just feeling like it's <laughs> not being taught. No, very much so. I think there's almost a taboo part of this. You know, talking about careers, we used to pretend long ago that there was lifetime employment. Now, there wasn't. When you look at the data, people still moved around roughly every five years, but we had this myth of long-term employment. Mm-hmm. No one believes that these days, right? We know people are going to move, but we don't talk about it. With every employee I have, whenever I join a new company and speak to my new subordinates, Or when I hire someone, I sit down and I have a conversation about where do you want to go? Because I know at some point in the future, one of us will be leaving this job. Maybe it's you, Mm -hmm. maybe it's me. And that's okay. I hope it's not tomorrow. I talk about it. If it feels like it's going to be tomorrow, please talk to me. I'll try to fix whatever's (laughs) causing you to leave. 
Yeah. But you know, if, if I'm not even willing to admit there might be a moment where you're willing to leave, you're not willing to bring that up to me, and then I can't address the problem. But we have to mm-hmm. have these open conversations about you have a career that's going to take you somewhere other than this job. And by doing so, when I understand your career, when I understand where you want to go, I know what's motivating you. And that helps me figure out three years in, I know where you want to go next. So either I don't do anything about it and you leave after three and a half years, or I know where you want to go and I figure out there's a project that's going to keep you happy for another two years. And so I get you here for five years instead of three, which of course benefits Mm -hmm. the company. But I Mm -hmm. can't do that if I don't know about you and your motivations and your goals, even recognizing some of those goals might not align to the company's needs. Mm Mm-hmm. It almost feels that that's more important than ever because of the flattened structures and and therefore the the sort of likelihood of people needing to move on to to sort of bigger and better things outside of the company. You know, who knows, maybe coming back as well. But it does feel like uh, that there isn't that sort of structured career path within organisations that there used to be. Therefore, it's much more important to have these sorts of conversations. Very much so. And this is why I focus a lot on students or individuals who I train. We talk about this. You can't rely on your company or anyone else to give you a career path. You as an individual need to take ownership of that path. And even some of the bigger companies say, no, we want them to do this. The companies who do have support, I'm thinking of the large consulting firms or financial firms, we want you to think about where you want to go and tell us and take some initiative that makes it easier for us to guide you if you are going to be here for years. So we mm. do have to teach people this personal responsibility of take ownership for your career and think through a career plan so we can help you. Mm-hmm. And also just things like, you know, adding people to projects and, and sort of, as, as you've already mentioned, sort of cross-department uh, collaborations and so on to, to develop people's skills rather than, you know, perhaps in, in the old days, you know, only a few years ago, <laughs> um, just sort of allowing things to naturally happen because there was a, a career ladder that people were sort of naturally climbing, you know, being creative with opportunities in all sorts of ways in an organize, organization is so important, isn't it, nowadays? Very much so. And what we've seen is the nature of our roles will continue to evolve at an accelerated pace. The people who were building the first websites were the tech nerds, right? 1998, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's the, the nerd who knows how to build HTML. But in fact, mm-hmm. those websites really belonged to marketing. And marketing didn't have people who understood HTML. So you needed someone who had that technical knowledge, who probably came from the IT side, but had an interest in marketing or could engage with the marketers. And no one thought about this in 1997. We said, oh, there's, there's tech, there's marketing, there are different silos we will continue to have different people with different skill sets and more opportunities in some of these cross-disciplinary areas. And so we have to create both the ability for people to connect across their silos, but Mm -hmm. also for them to be able to communicate effectively to people with these different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So we've, we've got like two and a half minutes left. Sort of one top tip. What should people be doing differently in organizations with this in mind? Create those peer learning groups because this is how you're going to have a massive impact. Imagine if everyone in your company got 2% better at leading, 2% better at negotiating with your suppliers and customers, 
2% better at reducing conflict. What's that going to do to your bottom line? And again, this is something you can set up. You don't need to hire outside consultants. You don't need to invest a lot of money. You can download that free guide at thecareertoolkit.com under the resources page. It's the first download. And you can set this up yourself. And best of all, as the HR person, go download this. The copyright's open. So you can pretend this is your idea. Say, look at this brilliant idea I came up with. And you can go to your CEO. And instead of saying, I need money to send someone to training, you say, I've got a new project for us. I have a new way to engage our employees. That's not going to cost us a penny. And you can be the hero. <laughs> That's probably music to our listeners' ears. <laughs> They're all frantically uh, looking at uh, looking at that now. Lovely, thank you. That that's been so helpful, and um, let's hope that people do sort of take up that uh, encouragement, that challenge. I guess to, to to go and look at those areas within their organisations. Um, it's a real opportunity and uh, a way of, of I guess differentiating yourself as a, as a leader within those organisations too. And it's going to help you attract and retain employees, especially in this hyper-competitive labor market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lovely. Thank you so much for your time today, Mark. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on the show. And to let people know, next week's show, uh, Jo Moffat will be back, and she's going to be talking with Matt Manners, who's CEO and founder of Inspiring Workplaces. And they're going to be talking about encouraging positive change in the workplace. So Jo will be with you next week. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.